unfortunately, I come from a country where evidence-based hiring is not a thing. So my previous recruitment methods were probably everything that I now preach against, to be honest. I have read CVs. I have had no way of deciphering what I was looking for. I've run unstructured interviews and like all of these are like now in an alva setting, what we view as the, the cardinal sins. You know, so I think really like what I've learned of late, to be fair, is that having structure is, you know, not just a nice to have, it is a must have. Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs with me, Linnea licensed psychologist and head of people. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. In every episode, I will speak with thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practices within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. On today's episode is Christopher, the head of customer success and customer support here at Alma Labs. With a proven track record of success, Christopher has held leadership position in several high-growth SaaS companies, including Triptease and Swogo. Here at Alva, Christopher is driving customer success to new heights by developing and executing innovative strategies that deliver measurable results. As head of customer success, he has played a critical role in building and scaling our customer success team here at Alva. Christopher's leadership has helped drive customer retention and growth, enabling the companies to make hiring better for everyone. Welcome to How We Hire Christopher. Thank you very much, Linnea. Nice to be here. I'm going to make sure to not be too goofy since I know you. I'm going to be a bit professional. We'll see how how I can like own up to that promise. For those who don't know you and what you do here at Alva, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Sure thing. Thanks for a very generous intro. Within my role at Alva, I lead the customer success and customer support functions. Essentially, that means that I ensure that my team have what they need to support and to grow their customers over time. And I really try to champion the customer. I mean, I see it as my job to ensure that the customer has a strong voice at Alpha and that their needs are heard when we make big decisions. I'm also the token Brit around the Stockholm office. And that's an important role to have for sure. And I mean, today we are going to focus on customer success, how to hire for that team based on how you've done it before, how we've done it here at Alva, uh, and try to be as detailed as possible. But before we dive into the hiring rabbit hole, why don't you just share a little bit about what inspired you to go into customer success to start with? So I can't in all honesty spin you a virtuous story about being customer obsessed from the moment I left the womb. And the truth is, I was just in the right place at the right time. So about 10 years ago at Triptease, we pivoted from having a B2C dream to starting to sell to businesses. And so we won a customer and realized that we needed somebody to look after them. I'm pretty social. I think I'm a, what, 9 out of 10 on extroversion. So I put my hand up and it all started from there. I realized I really enjoyed customer success. I really enjoyed working with the customer, understanding their pains, understanding their needs, helping them to have success with the platform. And over time, started to kind of climb the ladder, working with different types of customers with uh, different levels of complexity, moved into leadership positions as well, management positions, tried my hand at some recruitment as well, which I'm sure we're here about. But I have to say, I was really lucky 
insofar as about 10 years ago, CS wasn't really a thing. This was at the very, very beginning of customer success being known as customer success. And so at the time, Charlie, our founder and I, we were debating, what should we call this department? What should we call this role? And we were ashamedly toying with the idea of calling it customer love. So I have to tell you, Linnea, I am absolutely delighted that I don't have customer success or customer love manager on my CV. (laughs) Well, I mean, technically, since I'm in charge of like titles, Mm. I might uh, change some stuff around. Okay. Head of customer love. Okay. So if we then dive into the bucket of hiring, I think the obvious place to start is the job description. So I would love for us to just really unpack the key qualities, key characteristics that you are looking for when you are hiring like top performing customer success managers to to your team? Yeah, I I think there are some um, key traits that you tend to look for in customer success. I mean, what you usually hear is like empathy, uh, communication skills, analytical skills, uh, clearly having a customer focused mindset. And these are all fantastic characteristics and all true of good CSMs. I think for me, what makes the top performers stand out from my experience, and to borrow a, a sporting term, which hopefully will be my last sporting term of the, of the podcast, is for like, CSMs to be like quarterbacks for their customers. And this means that they, like, they coordinate the attack They run the plays that ensure that their customer has success with the product and sees value from the service. And this doesn't mean that you make like every pass yourself, but instead that you're coordinating internally to make sure that no matter what, the customer has access to the people, to the tools, and to the information which is needed to foster long-term relationships and, of course, positive commercial outcomes. Mm. How do you find the quarterbacks? It's a very, very good question. A lot of questions in a structured interview around what a candidate has done in the past to work internally to provide a solution for a customer. And this doesn't mean that you need to have worked in a CS setting in the past. I think there are like product managers, for instance, who will coordinate different pieces of information, translate that information into something which is customer focused and then provide that uh, to the customer. The key is like looking for experience or trait or natural abilities to work with other people in order to gather together um, like information or outcomes to send across to the customer. And then in an ideal world, I mean, I really kind of see customer success as It should be a two-sided loop. The CSM will work to send information from the company out to the customer and then gather as much information as possible to bring that, feed that back into uh, the company to inform product evolution, um, to inform improvements in in ways of working, and ultimately to represent uh, the customer's needs, of course. There's so many different aspects of the CSM role. But what would you say, like, what are some of the buzzwords that you see other companies looking for that you could like scrap? Meaning, what don't you need to have on your like need to have list? 
for me, I think it, it starts with uh, with experience. Mm. So I think like if we take a step back, I, I, I mentioned this in terms of how I got into customer success. I mean, the the maturity of customer success as a function is still like very low. It's a new function. Um, with that means that in the market, you have like some people that are working in customer success today, which perhaps doesn't look like customer success at, uh, at an Alva or another company down the road. And I think that given this is a new field, it means that it can be less common to find like candidates that have done CS before. So for me, this means needing to cast the net wider, being open to candidates that have held roles in the past, different types of roles, or even in different job families. And I think that's even true of the way that we've looked to recruit the, the customer success team at Alva. You know, very few actually have a CS background. And this has helped to you know, foster diversity of background, um, like skill set diversity in the team. And um, I think that the first thing I'd look at scrapping is that you have a requirement for someone to have worked in customer success for X number of years in the past. That hasn't been the key to our success at Alva. You know, we've looked at spaces which are like relevant to us, no doubt. We've, we've had a openness to all different types of experience, uh, having worked in all types of different roles in the past. But you know, we're very open to those that come from maybe the assessment space, others from like more of a pure TA background. It's really a case of understanding what is the experience or like knowledge or skill set that our customers would benefit from. And for us, someone having worked in CS could be a benefit, but it's certainly not a must have. And so I think uh, this isn't a buzzword, of course, but I would really challenge needing to have customer success experience as a vital part of the role. Mm. And I like how we have talked about this, like in our like startup meetings, when building out your team, that we've said that like, it's nice if you either have a customer success background, not a need to have, but it's nice to have, or it's a nice to have if you have some sort of background within like the field that we operate in, given that's, you know, hiring, uh, we have people that are like psychologists or uh, have a TA background and, and so forth. But like, again, that's not either a need to have, but a nice to have, but dividing it into either you are used to dealing with customers or you're used to that industry, that field, ideally both, but then again, you can learn both on the job. Um, so I think that's uh, just, at least in my mind, I think those two legs uh, have been helpful to think about like experience um, from. And like another thing that like you and me have been have been discussing a lot, especially when it comes to, I mean, startup, you came in quite early. You, you inherited like half the team and have ha hired half the team. But that's also like team setup because I think that's such an important aspect when you do hiring. It's not just nailing that one role, but it's also like laying the entire puzzle. Like how does the team look like today? What's, uh, what will it look like in the future? So can't you just describe a little bit about like A, what the team looks like today, why that is, and B, like how does that come into play when it comes to hiring? Absolutely. So our team is comprised of three sub-functions. So we have an onboarding sub-function, an ongoing sub-function, and then a, an expansion sub-function. 
And so for the onboarding subfunction, they work with the first four months of the customer journey. The ongoing subfunction, which is made up of like customer success managers, which is like typically what a CS org would be hiring for. This is the ongoing relationship management piece, you know, taking the customer, an onboarded customer to multi-year successful relationships. And then the expansion subfunction is more of like a key account manager role. So not working with any specific customers, but instead, you know, offering a commercial hand so that we can help to maximize the value that we do deliver for our customer base. It's part of the reason that we move towards this structure is that, and I think this is really important when kind of thinking about cultural fit uh, for customer success teams, is that there are customer success teams operate very, very differently from company to company. Like in the past, uh, you mentioned Swogo, I've run very highly commercial CS teams, meaning that you'll prioritize assessing for you know, someone maybe with a very revenue generation, very revenue driven mindset, whereas other CS teams might have more of a focus on, you know, the onboarding aspect, the customer education aspect in order to uh, drive, a, drive adoption. And so there you might be assessing for kind of softer relationship building skills. Um, so I think it really depends on how you see your CS team and like, the KPIs that you have as a department as well. At Alva, our KPIs are commercial but then at the same time you know we have a great deal of focus on you know ensuring that we've got strong satisfaction that we've got like real champions within our customer base and we're incredibly proud to say that we do today and so for us that brought a need for us to rethink the the structure of the of the team so that we have like dedicated uh, resource for the onboarding activity ensuring that our customers are set up for ongoing success and then at the same time, um, also ensuring that we've got more commercial mindset so that we can work with customers to help them to realize the value of working with Alpha and to work alongside CSNs to kind of drive that, uh, that growth of the accounts over time as well. So I think it really is a case of kind of understanding what are our KPIs? How can I have the team that helps us to deliver against these KPIs? And then follow-up question would be, how does team setup come into play when you like set the role description, how you run the recruitment process for any of these roles? Uh, well, um, they're three very different roles. So we'd have uh, three different role descriptions and you know the entire recruitment process would look different. So everything from you know the, the interviews, the structured interview questions would be different if you're recruiting for an onboarding specialist versus recruiting for a CSM. Uh, that we'd like to run a case as the final part of the recruitment process. The case would look uh, very different, you know, depending on which role you're applying for as well. With there being a specialization with the team, there of course would be a specialization in the recruitment process as well. For me, this talks so much about like the now, meta thinking a bit about like talent acquisition and hiring in general, but this speaks so much how a talent acquisition person or HR person, whatever your title is, can really make a difference when it comes to like the company building, the like strategic role it can play, like just by adding a new hire. Like the easy way to go is just like, okay, we have a spot to fill. Let's just write a job description and go. But when you can really like 
what is this person going to do? Why? How does this impact the rest of the team? What's like the future going to look like? What's the team structure? I think that having that super tight dialogue with the hiring manager not only will make you do better hires, I mean, then that's great, but ultimately it will also push the manager to like have that plan in place to think about it long term. And I think that's such a neat dance when you get it right and so, so, so important. Yeah, just um, thinking out loud how how that has, I think like our hiring processes have actually helped us set a lot of the like structure for for the team. And then that in team structure that informs the hiring and it's like an ever evolving, ever evolving process. Yeah. It's a virtuous circle. Yeah. Long rant. Okay. So you mentioned um, culture fit very briefly. What's your like stance? How do you take that into account? How important is it? How do you evaluate it? So that was like a gazillion questions in one and go. That was a gazillion questions in one. Cultural fit is super important across the board. I think it really depends on how well-defined your culture is as an organization. And I think that specificity, can't believe I got that right. Specificity. I know. Again. Of of how you... (laughs) Don't cut this out. Uh, The specificity, third time, Mr. Charm, of questions that you ask in the recruitment process, I think will very much depend on like how clear the culture is uh, that you have as an org and uh, the way that you articulate your values as well. So, I mean, I think in our case, I like to use our company values to inform structured interview questions. And I feel that we're in a really, really privileged position to be able to do that. In previous companies I've worked at, you know, we haven't had as well-defined company values, or at least we haven't been as fluent on the the company values. And therefore, it's not really something that we've lived and breathed by. So it's not really something that we're going to look for in the recruitment process. At Alva, it's quite different. You know, so for example, you know, I like to ask questions around, you know, tell me about a time you went above and beyond for a customer. What was the context? What was the outcome? You know, this is a very clear question to ask insofar as it speaks directly to Alva's company value of uh, raising the bar. So I think cultural fit and looking to recruit for that is really, really important, but it can't be forced. If you don't have a very clearly articulated culture, it can be quite difficult to look for people, candidates, new team members that are going to fit that culture. And I think what I, what I like about your example, because I think I can be semi-allergic to when people say that they like hire for culture, because mm. a lot of the time, as you say, you don't have a clearly defined culture. I mean, culture is what happens when people come together. It's like you can try to highlight it, but you can't necessarily like game it and create it from scratch. Often you have this idea of what it is, but it might not actually be a fair description of what you know the reality is like so i think what what i like with your example is that okay it's, we have clearly defined values great but you still link it to like specific behaviors that are uh, needed for the role mm-hmm. that you're hiring for so it's not just about adding people that will be similar to the people that you have but rather 
what behaviors are needed, how can we examine that and assess that in a structured way. Uh, so I think I, I really like that approach because it's a lot more well, dependable at the end of the day. I would like us to just um, open the books of the process because don't we all love a process description? So if you are sitting here wondering how on earth should I hire a customer success manager? Christopher, walk us through the process. What happens when you start hiring for someone? Okay. I think you're going to have to help me out here because I might miss a couple of uh, the steps. But The beauty is I can help out because we do this together, right? Exactly, right? But then unfortunately, I can't actually bullshit you because you're going to know that I'm saying the wrong thing. So we're going to have to work on it together. Team effort. Team effort. Team effort. Right. You can be the quarterback though. I can be the quarterback. Perfect. A team that calls never falls. (laughs) All right. Step one, identify a headcount need. I think one thing that we do pretty well here is that we tend to take a future looking view at headcount rather than waiting until it's too late. You know, we're drowning in in too many customers. We can't unfortunately like work with, uh, we can't keep our heads above water. We tend to like take a very proactive, very thought through view towards headcount. Once we've decided on which role we're going to hire for, we have a startup meeting and the startup meeting involves everybody that is involved in the recruitment process, both on like the CS side, which would be myself and a member of my team that will join the case exercise that we'll hear about later. And then on your side, uh, we have yourself, Linnea, you join. And uh, exactly. I do. And a, a talent acquisition manager as well. Once we've had a startup meeting, we'll put together the role description. The role description will be a pretty collaborative effort. Make sure that it sounds great, but also sounds very reflective of reality. You know, the types of responsibilities that you're going to have, what it looks like to work at Alpha, what the process is going to look like as well. After that, we publish the role. No, no, wait, wait, wait. We have to, I mean, this is our favorite Uh, part. When we do the uh, the job app, oh, yeah, exactly. so far we have done a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed one. Yes. We've done one Back to the Future, right? Yes. Or did we do a Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe that was another one. We did do a Guardians of the No, I think we did one yeah. of those. But do you want to hear, so, I mean, do you I hear think... a podcast exclusive? Yeah. So we did the Guardians of the Galaxy one. I wrote the job ad. And I have to be honest, I haven't actually seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Me neither. (laughs) Super. Another podcast exclusive on that one, that the job ad you wrote was like, you're a brilliant writer. I think it was like two and a half pages. You got some bullshit from me for that one because it was way too long. Yeah. Which is amazing given that I haven't actually even seen the film. Yeah. Touche, sir. Okay, so we've had the start. We have acknowledged where we, what role we're going to hire. We've done the startup to like flesh out the job description. We've written the job ad. We've shortened it down so that it's a digestible amount of text. That's right. What happens next? Uh, then we post the job ad. We do. Yeah. And after posting the job ad, we will wait for applications to come flooding in. 
fortunately, with uh, CS positions, we tend to have quite a lot of uh, candidates applying. We then wait, what, like two weeks or so before we uh, start to reach out to the candidates that have, have applied. First step in the process is that they will receive the tests. We send a logic and personality test uh, to each of the candidates. Uh, we'll wait for the candidates to run the tests and we'll start to see which candidates have got a high role fit versus those that don't have a high role fit. I can also I can also add, we also actually have uh, screening questions uh, as a first step. So mm, when you right. apply or when you hit the apply button, you get some screening questions. And that goes back to what we discussed before with the like need to have versus nice to have. We try to identify if they have some previous experience. We never specify how much they need to have, but either from the field that we're working in, so like hiring, or from customer success. So I think that, that those are the two screening questions. We have tried something around like working in B2B as well. But again, it's two to three questions. They never exclude anyone, but they help the talent acquisition person to like sort between candidates that have, like, as you said, like the right role fit, meaning like the right potential for the role and also somewhat relevant background. We've now sent the tests. We've received, uh, everyone has filled in, uh, everyone has uh, run the tests. We've got a number of candidates that we decide to take forward for first interview. First interview is with the talent acquisition manager. They will tend to take, it depends on the number of uh, candidates with great role fits, but it tends to be for us, what, like uh, 30 or so first round interviews? Well, it depends on how many people we're hiring. I would say we typically do like somewhere between 10 and 20 first interviews for one position, but it really depends on how like complex it is, the quality of the candidates. Uh, so we obviously strive to never waste any candidates time. Uh, so only interview like really highly relevant uh, candidates that we believe that we would be able to hire, but it's somewhere between like, so average maybe 15 uh, first interviews mm, or so. All right. And here we have a plot twist because we, I mean, we do use structured interviews, of course. And given that we work together, you will get special treatment in this podcast, but in a bad way. Meaning I want us to use the podcast as an interview example. Wow. Meaning, that sounds awful. Uh, I will know. I will... <laughs> I want to showcase what a interview can sound like when hiring for a customer success manager position. So I will actually ask you one of the questions that we've used, and I want you to give an actual answer, and I will rate it. Okay, that sounds good. I'm I'm going to have to ask you a couple of qualifying questions. Yeah, well, that's okay. First one, in fact, just one qualifying question. I mean, the, the podcast is called How We Hire. Uh-huh. Is there any risk at all that I give a terrible answer and then you decide to live on the podcast unhire me? <laughs> Fantastic. No. I am <laughs> I'm legally obliged Brilliant. to keep you. <laughs> okay. So when we do the first interview, it's a structured interview, meaning we inform the candidates of what we're gonna run through. So we kind of set the scene. We have this amount of time. I'm gonna ask some questions. These questions will be asking you for a specific situation, and I will want you to describe what you did, your behaviors, and what outcomes that led to. And then we will have like maybe 
five-ish of those questions, and then obviously save a lot of time for the candidates to, to ask their questions, talk about the role, et cetera, et cetera. But the first question of that interview would be related to the area of result orientation. So Christopher, could you please describe the last time you set up an important goal for your own work? We work with a number of customers. Many of them are very happy. We're looking for ways that we can ensure that our very happy customers say lovely things about us so that we can hopefully win other very happy customers. So in order to set a goal, we thought, I thought about how we could structure this into a goal that like I and my team can chase down. And we decided to devise a scoring method so that there was simply a relationship between the leverage or like the quality of the social proof that we can get from our customer base. So everything from like five points for a video, for instance, all the way down to like one point for a quote, and then set a target for a four-month period as to how many social proof points, which is what we called them, we wanted to gather. Knowing that if we gather that many social proof points, then our sales team would be in a great position to use these social proofs to help generate like, demand, to help book meetings, to help close new business. So set a desire to get more social proof, set a structure as to how we can like, go about winning the social proof and what the social proof would look like, set a target so that we could like, measure the social proof that we would get in, and then the outcome. Fortunately, in fact, this is a podcast exclusive. As of today, we had a four-month period that started on the 1st of January. We are recording on the 18th of April. So we've got 12 days to go in this four-month period. As of today, we hit the target. Yay! What feedback did you get from your team, from your manager, from your peers, your coworkers? From the team, pretty positive feedback. Reason being that uh, this is very much a controllable input for customer success we've got a number of a number of targets which are you know somewhat within our control but then you know there are other conditions which mean that they're slightly outside of our control whereas this is directly within our control and so i think the fact that you know this the target that we had was both specific and that it was measurable and it was achievable and that it was timely and that it was ambitious but also born from a place of realism meant that uh, the feedback from the team in terms of using it as a motivator to, you know, to chase down this target was pretty positive. There are things that we can do differently, I think, to like coordinate the attack earlier on uh, so that you know, we'd give ourselves an even greater chance of, getting it, of hitting the target even sooner. Feedback from my peers have been like, pretty strong as well. But that's because my peers largely sit in sales and marketing. It helps them do their job better. So, you know, win-win. <laughs> and then for the sake of this podcast, I think we can pause and say thank you for this interview question. If it was a real interview, I would probably have asked some follow-up questions around like how you coach the team, getting to know like really the details, uh, how you communicated the, the goal, how you followed up on it, to understand like the day-to-day -day work of using the goal. But I think let's stick to hiring and not social proof score, um, since uh, I think that will be more interesting. But then what 
the talent acquisition manager would do in this situation would be to to rate this um, your answer on a scale from one to five, and where all the like uh, the all the different numbers will have like behavioral anchors so that it will guide the assessor into like what is a good answer or not so if you get like a five out of five on this one you will need to showcase like behaviors for identifying like the best actions um know realizing what are like achievable results coaching others helping others to both like set evaluate um and like measure their goals and so forth where like if you get like a one out of five that you're not like maybe not really aware of how like goals relate to the outcome. You don't really set the goals. You don't use them if you set them and so forth and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think you would get a high rating because it's really measurable. It's super structured. And the important thing here is like, it's not necessarily the outcome that's always interesting. Like it could have been a five out of five, regardless of if you hit the target or not. Mm. Um, so I think it's, again, like what you want to assess are the behaviors. Well, that was nerve wracking and quite fun all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, exposing yourself. That's okay. Uh, but we're still in the, in the answer of... Am I still hired? Yeah. Okay, great. Fantastic. It was a great answer. Yeah. And yeah. again, like legally to, to keep you by contract. But we are still in the process of describing what the hiring like funnel looks like for hiring a CSM. So we've done the, we've started the process, we've launched the job ad, we have like screen candidates, we've done the first interview in a structured way. What happens now? Uh, then there will be a short list of candidates that are passed to the hiring manager and uh, the hiring manager is me. So I will then run a interview. Uh, that's not even true. So there will be a short list of candidates. And then after that point, this short list of candidates will receive a, a written case. And this case contains, I think, what, four questions. And the idea is that the candidates can like, fill out their answers to each of these questions, which like, speak to like behaviors that we look for in the custom success team, uh, like experience outcomes from pre- previous work. And they've got you know a few days to to give written answers. Uh, those answers then come across to me. I review them before I take a, a second round interview with uh, this shortlist of candidates. And within this interview, I have a prepared set of uh, structured interview questions, which will depend depending on the role that I'm hiring for. And I will also look to like dig into the answers that I've received in writing as well. And I think that what I mean, like zooming out, what we're trying to do is obviously first identify potential, identify the people with the right like soft skills in like the first in the test in the first interview, and then from there move like closer and closer into like the more technical hard skills um, readiness. So that's like why we do a like mini case so that you can ask super relevant questions in your interview. What also happened like kind of parallel to that is that we do a like phone a future co-worker mm. thing do you want to just tell people what that is yeah absolutely yeah we we have a 15 minute call which we offer uh with a member of the team and the idea here is for the candidate to ask any questions that they want about you know what's it like to work at alpha what does the position actually look like 
What will my day-to-day responsibilities look like? Is Christopher a terrible boss? All of those things that you might want to know, all of the things that maybe won't be surfaced in you know, a job description or will be on the careers page. There's an opportunity really for the candidate to get the inside track of what it's actually like to work in the position alpha. And um, I have to say, you know, I've not been on the, I've been on the other side of uh, that meeting as well. And that was one of the, I was impressed at every single step of the recruitment process when I was applying for my position at Alpha. You have to say that because I'm in the room. I do. And because I wish to legally be hired still. But it's also true on this occasion. One of the really nice like steps in that process was getting to meet a member of the team and you know understand a little bit more about what customer success really looked like. If you as a candidate get past the hiring manager gatekeeper being yourself, what lies ahead? Ah, what lies ahead is the most fun part. There we have a case. We do. And there will be two people from the Alva side. It will be myself and also a member of the team. And within this case, we're looking to reflect a true life customer interaction. And so this customer interaction will depend, again, depending on the the role that we're hiring for. If we're hiring for an onboarding specialist position, then we'll be looking to run a kickoff call, uh, you know, with the information that you have about Alpha, you know, with a certain set of goals. But um, if we're running a case, for instance, for a customer success manager position, then we have a set of instructions that we send across to the candidate, which are very clear in terms of like, here's the scenario that you find yourself in. This, these are the desired outcomes from the call. These will be the assessment criteria. So the idea is that you know, we've got a uniform candidate experience, firstly, and that uh, we can expect kind of uh, consistent results. You know, everyone, everyone has a, uh, everyone's on the same uh, playing field, if you will. Would you want me to get into this? Another sport reference. Yeah, that's true. Mm. It's an even playing field. <laughs> but I guess you were going to ask if you want you to get into the specifics of the case. And if yes. so, yes, please. Okay. How specific can I get? I mean, sky's the limit, right? All right. All right. Very, very good. Okay. So in our case, so we're looking at the, the CSM role here. The scenario is that the, C, the CSM candidate will run a business review with a theoretical customer that they've recently taken over from a colleague. So like very, very specific criteria. The idea is that the meeting will be 40 minutes or so, and that you know, the business review itself might be you know, 30 minutes, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, and then we leave a 10-minute to 15-minute window at the end to ask follow-up questions specifically about how did you go about preparing for the case? You know, how did you feel the case went? Tell me about why you looked into this thing. Tell me why you didn't look into this thing. Like really looking to like understand the, the mechanics of the, the case preparation, really looking to, to test for how does the candidate go about like preparing for a real customer meeting. Within the, the case, there will be the theoretical uh, customer here is Spotify. Can I say that? Yeah. I don't know. I right. guess. They're cool. Yeah, right? they're pretty cool. Spotify, if you're listening, we'd love to have you as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in this case, and this now makes me sound like a little bit creepy, 
I will play the role of uh, the global head of talent at Spotify. And then a member of my team will play the role of a talent acquisition manager at Spotify as well. We then give a lot of criteria or a lot of like business context around the customer, around like how long they've been working with us, um, when their renewal point comes up, uh, the types of positions that they are hiring for with Alva, the types of positions they're not hiring for with Alva, and some like trends around their usage as well. We then have assessment criteria. And you know, within the assessment criteria, we let the candidates know that we are during the case, we're going to be assessing for the for building trust, um, for their stakeholder management, making it very clear that they have met the talent acquisition manager before, that that's their like that's their champion, it's their day-to-day contact, whereas they've never met the global head of TA before. The structure and you know the clarity of the the meeting around you know agenda, having clear outcomes, having clear actions that come off the back of it, and then also product understanding. But really, here we're looking to anchor around how well the candidate understands the hiring space, rather than how well they understand you know Spotify's hiring methods or how well they understand the Alpha product. You know, we completely get that uh, not everyone is going to be an Alpha product maestro from day one, and then. We run the case. I play the role. You know, I move into my. I become schizophrenic, and you know, I move into my position of being uh, the global head of TA at uh, at Spotify. My colleague becomes somebody else at Spotify, and then, um, like afterwards, we will write down how well each candidate has performed against each of the assessment criteria. And um, you know, at the end of that process, we're usually in a position to make a very informed decision on who we want to make a, an offer to. Yes. And I think the final, what happens in the final step is that we weigh all of these aspects, like the tests, the first interview, the second interview in the case together in what we refer to as like a combined role fit so that it's a as data-driven decision as possible, right? So we don't stand there at the end of the process using too much of our gut feeling and ending up hiring someone that we like uh, because we tend to favor candidates that are very similar to ourselves and so forth so we try to to be as like data-driven as possible thank you for like walking us through this i would love to because i think it's time to wrap up Mm. like but one final question for me would be i mean you've hired for customer success at various companies what's your like one two three biggest learnings for hiring for these types of roles I have to say, so I come from a, unfortunately, I come from a country where evidence-based hiring is not a thing. So my previous recruitment methods were probably everything that I now preach against, to be honest. I have read CVs. I have had no way of deciphering what I was looking for. I've run unstructured interviews and like all of these are like now in an Alva setting, what we view as the, the cardinal sins. So I think really like what I've learned of late, to be fair, is that having structure is, you know, not just a nice to have, it is a must have. At Alva, we're very intentional, very forward thinking. Um, By using the tests, I'm able to bypass looking at the the CV. Um, Our interviews are now structured and like that really helps just getting the basics in place. So I think you've almost got like the, the hygiene factors of ensuring that you do a decent job with your recruitment 
and not leave it to like total randomness. So, I mean, it might sound incredibly basic to you or to anyone who's listening, but you know, that was the first massive learning that I take with me. And then I think the second is around uh, like candidate experience. And here again, we've got the hygiene factors of ensuring that you avoid a bad candidate experience. But I think what's been really helpful to me is to ensure that we've got, you know, uniform, great candidate experience across the board, you know, so that every candidate that I meet with and then end up, uh, you know, making an offer to have the greatest chance of putting their best foot forward in recruitment setting and uh, being fairly assessed to one another. So um, I think uh, getting the principles of recruitment right, I mean, those have been the, the biggest things that I've, um, I've learned in the, the past few years. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's hard to forget that it's often like the basic things that can make the biggest difference. I strongly believe that we need to constantly improve how we hire. That goes for us. I mean, the next time we do a CS position, we'll probably do some of it differently based on what we learned uh, and like the retro that we always run after each hiring process. But it's so easy to forget that it is those like basic, like setting the structure and getting the hiring manager to really like understand the value of that. Like that is so important, regardless of how fancy your process is. It kind of comes back to those basic principles. So I think that's a great learnings to share. Thank you so much, Christopher, for joining How We Hire. It was an, an absolute pleasure. And the beauty with, with this is that we can now go out and high five because we're in the same place. That sounds fantastic. We can even high five with our fancy socks. We can high five with the fancy socks. I can't even remember where the joke started, uh, but the joke started that we had like great podcast socks on today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it dawned on me that a podcast is an audio tool, first and foremost. So no one will actually get to see our <laughs> socks. So listeners out there, just take it at our word that we're both wearing absolutely fantastic socks. You can see them on the Albert LinkedIn post. For sure. We will share the socks uh, and we will share the podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope to have you all back in two weeks with another episode of How We Hire. But until then, ta-ta. Ta-ta.